Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I'm the founder of The Women's School, where our bold vision is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time. And we're doing that by providing an education and training platform for women. Because the best way to fight the devaluing of women today is to have a strength of mind, to be skilled, and to be strategic about how we can influence culture. And the best way we can do that is to train ourselves. We have a duty to personally develop who we need to become for the world so that we can set the world on fire. And in the woman's school, our vision is to form women so she can transform culture. Join me as I talk about how we can be a force for society. And it begins with us developing ourselves. Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I am excited to welcome a new friend <laughs> and a new friend because we're connected in the social media world who caught my eye because she is a mom of 11, eight boys, three girls. And I saw her channel and I just thought, how do you raise children that way? How do you create something so beautiful and inspiring? And that's really what, um, drew me to your channel. And so I messaged you, I think, private. I'm like, I just want you to know this is so inspiring as a mom of eight. And so here we are and I'm going to pick her brain and I'm going to, um, you know, just harvest from her. And I hope that this podcast will be a place for you to harvest as well. Wisdom of a woman who's walked through it, who is also inspiring the world with her family. So Brenda, welcome. Thank you so much. I was um, so honored when you reached out and to find out you were a mom of many also. Yes, I'm kind of in the, you know, yours are, your youngest is how old? At 11. 11. So I'm almost just literally kind of, my oldest is 16. So you're, you know, you walk the different seasons, which is why I was drawn to it. Because I think that we're not taught how to be mothers. It's not like there's a school for mothers. Um we no longer have the basic infrastructure of grandmother and aunt and proximity that we used to have, compounding with the fact that there's so many distractions. So really, we're kind of on our own as, as women and as mothers. On top of that, I think there is sort of the second-class citizens that is a subculture that mothers become, right? They're not sort of as valuable to society, which is so, which is really sad. And so I think to me, um, there's such a real renewal of redeeming the sacred gift of being a mom. And I think you embody that. Um, so anyways, maybe you can start out with just giving us a little bit of your background as a mom, just a little kind of how many children, obviously, but just the age maybe and how many years you've been married and kind of what you are doing in your home, beautiful home right now. Sure. Well, as a young girl, I had one of my best friends came from a family of 12. And every time I went to her house, it was so much fun to have all these people to, to play with and do things. There was always so much going on. And that's when my first dream started to be a mom of many. I wanted 12 kids. And so when I got married, um, my husband's like, what? I'm not so sure about that, but we'll, we'll just take one at a time and see what happens. Cause he's just kind of chill that way. Um, and I'm so thankful the Lord blessed us with 11. And I was living my dream come true for so many years. It's all I wanted was just to, you know, raise a lot of children and enjoy life with them. That was my goal. And I didn't even realize how maybe a little unusual that was until I started getting all the questions. 
because we are at the stage now. We've been married for 31 years. Yeah. I have eight sons and three daughters and two grandbabies and another one on the way. And it just is exactly what I envisioned. We enjoy each other. We enjoy life. And they've all just made me so proud. But I think it's because with that vision of having a lot of children, it wasn't just for that purpose only, but it was to raise warriors in this world. And um, so I poured my all into my heart and soul. And I'm just really, really thankful for all of them and the way they're turning out. Wow. I love that you said you raise warriors. That's a very, I think, um, very specific definition because, you know, most of us, we want to raise our children to be responsible adults, but just want to extract a little bit. What do you mean by warriors? Because I feel like we're in a spiritual battle and a lot of our audience would agree. How do you define that as a mom? To me, it's just children who know what they believe and why they're here, what their purpose is, so they can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So we raise them to love the truth, love the word of God, and just to know who they are and be confident in that. Because without that, you really don't even know where to go or what to do, but they all know they are perfectly capable of doing anything they set their minds to. And they've all done amazing and powerful things already. Yes. I have noticed your, your sons are entrepreneurs and I'm, that's what brought me. I was like, wow, look at these. I think my first, uh, the thing at first that caught my eye was you're, you're, you're eating dinner together as a family, mm -hmm. which is honestly, sadly, it's unusual, even good faithful families no longer keep dinner sacred. And I'm sure there's a lot of different, you know, variables, but it's really beautiful because it, you, your sons were grown. It wasn't like, you know, it was a bunch of little children. They were there and it was together. And so um, walk me back into your first few years of motherhood. What was that like? Was it a smooth transition? Was it a rude awakening? Because that's what you wanted, which is a lot of women want, but because they lack the skill, what they want to quickly become sort of like this place of frustration. What was that like for you in the beginning? Well, I was blessed to be raised by a stay-at-home mom. So she had, um, you know, passed on things like running a household mm -hmm. to me. So that part didn't overwhelm me. I think what kind of caught my husband and I by surprise is we have to make all these decisions on our own now. Like we have to have know what we want for our family. We had to somehow develop a little bit of a family vision to make the decisions every day for like, what do we want to do to reach that end goal or that vision for our family? And we remember being so inspired by hearing someone tell us, you know what, you should rise above what your parents were. It's okay. It's okay to pursue something more and better than what you were raised in. And that really impacted us as young parents to just go for excellence to mm. do more, be bigger, better, bolder than our parents were. And I really feel like that's what kind of, how I would say embodied our vision. So when decisions came along, we decided we wanted to choose the excellent path, not the easy path, but the path towards excellence. Okay. I'm totally fascinated just so you know, because excellence <laughs> and motherhood is often not even in the same conversation. Yes. I mean, I really, and you know, so much of, of, um, what I see in our culture, because women are just trying to figure out as they go, excellence just seems like that's not even an option. And yet the excellence that now that we are called to live is precisely what actually brings people to the greater truth, you know? And so how did you have enough insight and wisdom? You must have had so much preparation on your skill level to not just go bare minimum. I had capacity to think beyond that. Like, I mean, right now, who... 
excellence is not like even in the narrative. Just think about that. Yeah. And I don't even know if I would have defined it as that at the time. It was probably later when I looked back and I'm like, you know what? So many of the decisions we made were because we chose excellence rather than easy. And, you know, our tendency is to just go with the flow. Um, Like I wanted a lot of children. So I think some of that is what inspired me. I knew I was going to have to get good routine in my home. If I was going to have a lot of kids, I couldn't just let things go and and it would be managed well. I wanted to be able to achieve my dream with good daily skills and management. But I think it was just God brought so many people into our lives at the time. Looking back, I'm just so grateful for, but our hearts were open. We were seeking. We really wanted something better than what we were raised with. And so because we were seeking, I think he brought these people into our path that would um, inspire us to just be generous people, to look at us, our time as valuable. Look how we spend our time. We evaluated that a lot when we had to make decisions. What do we do? Do we go here? Do we get involved in this or that? And to say no was something I learned to do as a young mom and what, um, you know, make the choices for our family, not to please others. So, I mean, it's, it's a big subject, but it just came day at a time, a little bit at a time. And looking back, I can sum it up as we did pursue excellence. But so there's so many things I could take apart, which you could yes, I know. spend many different hours. What you said to me that hit me was John Maxwell has a quote, if you want to change something in your life and I'm paraphrasing, then you have to change something in your routine which is, you know, we have so many different women in different season. And one of the things that I I actually get a lot of resistance is routine. Is that fascinating? Oh yeah, I, I, I think because we, it's not something that a tra- you don't get trained in routine in school and because you had to stay home mom and maybe it was a different, uh, I would say time, you know, maybe it was a bit slower before the internet. Maybe there was a rhythm of life, just as God is a rhythm. But right now, I mean, most women are not equipped to develop the most basic foundational, uh, I would say, a tool for peace and order in a home, which is a routine, right? Yes. So, and I, I, I can see that if you don't even have routine, you can't even get anything done. No. No. <laughs> and and so, I guess my question to you is: It was that something from the very beginning you just knew you had to do. And it was non-negotiable. I think it was, but I think I also found out the hard way because I would say yes to things. I would go here and I would go there. I'd get involved in things. And then we had to pull back and say, wait, well, we're not even getting the things accomplished at home and with our family that we wanted to. And we were used to and okay with being weird. (laughs) So it it wasn't super hard for me to learn to say no because, I mean, people just knew we were going to cut our own path. But if I was really concerned about what people thought, I would have been, found it so hard to say no. And I would have wanted to go to all the things and be involved. And society wants us busy. I mean, at the risk of sounding like I'm like they, yes, they want us busy. The enemy wants our family so busy that we cannot focus on the things that are valuable and that will build us up to be a strong family unit. The family is on attack. And that busyness, I think, is one of the main ways of getting us to break apart. Yes. And it's almost like a a subtle because busy in context of the secular world means successful or somehow Mm -hmm. subconsciously. And so women want to feel like they're accomplished. And I think I tell women, I said, if you want a simple life, then you need more skill set and discipline. It, it, It really like what you just told me, you know, I was writing down, I wanted to make sure I didn't forget it. Like you said, saying no, that's a skill. 
mm-hmm. you know, routine. And also something caught my eye when you said you had to be open, which really is rooted in humility. That's what you're telling me is that you were seeking counsel, you were growing, you were learning, which is a skill in itself to say, oh, I need help or I'm struggling in this. I actually need more wisdom from somebody, which, you know, all three of this, unless we've learned it and we've had parents who taught us, you really wouldn't know how to do it. I mean, it's not, and I share this story, I had a mentor in college and I did not have somebody that gave me the foundation. And so I was, for lack of a better word, a hot mess, (laughs) which saved me from being a hot mess mama, which is talk about a hot minute. But (laughs) she told me to write my routine down every single night, even though it was the same routine, like in college. And I had to write down, it was part of my homework, but I had to write down a sticky note. And looking back, I thought she saved my motherhood because it was just something that she taught me to do as a habit. She rewired my brain, but that became the foundation of my motherhood. But honestly, when I teach routine, I have to physically like show it to them. But then that's just one thing is knowing how to create it, but then knowing how to be firm and fluent with it, knowing how to follow through with it, knowing how to pivot, knowing it to readjust, recalibrate. I mean, there's so many skills in there that's necessary to actually protect your family from the enemy. I mean, it's so profound to me that the attack on the family is really to me, right? The attack on the family that really is attacking the woman who is underskilled. And then what happens is that it becomes generational because an anxious mom who lacks a routine, the chill, and that's what I'm seeing right now, you know? And to me, your humility is probably the root, I would say, um, that cause. It's probably where all these comes from. Your humility to know, what do I need to know? Can you speak to me maybe about what you see as a a mom right now, who's maybe seasoned mom, younger mothers, what do you see is lacking and what are you seeing sort of in the culture for moms? Well, you actually mentioned a couple of things that I think answer that. And that is things like habits and disciplines, mm-hmm. because we tend to just get so caught up in um, just doing what everyone around us is doing. And if, if we can't learn to just step aside from some of that now and then and not worry about what people think and choose to develop habits that are consistent in our daily routine and discipline ourselves, like sometimes we don't have people hold us accountable, but if we can just hold ourselves accountable to our own commitments, um, it's easier done uh, um, for some than others. But it's a skill. And when you develop that, you can take so much pride and satisfaction in knowing that I did what I said I was going to do on a daily, even if it's something as simple as having meals on time for your family, mm-hmm. or something as simple as getting laundry done and put away at least one day a week, mm-hmm. or just to start with one habit and master it. And you will feel so proud and know you can do more. And it will eventually become um, many, many tools in your belt that yeah. you will feel so capable of being a woman and a mother. Yeah. And what you said here, even when you said tools, that's exactly what I mean is that um, there's no more tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to raise humans and order them to become warriors when the mothers themselves are defeated, which is why I'm passionate about, you know, skill training and mindset training, because I do think that an underskilled woman is easy to tempt. That's so true. I love that. Yeah, and an un- because an undisciplined woman 
is an easy playground for the devil. I mean, it really is. Think about, you know, and, but um, it's interesting to me because this new movement here called the hot mess mama movement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And I've, it's never sat well with me, similar to this boss lady never sat well with me. And, and not because I don't, I, I have respect for people and their journey, but the movement itself, mm -hmm. um, where it becomes sort of a celebration of my lack of discipline, a celebration of the lack of reverence of the beauty of motherhood. And I was just reading in my uh, study the other day that, you know, truth is so, um, it's refutable in a world that's relative. Mm. Logic <laughs> is no longer present. Good <laughs> is relative, but beauty is undisputable. And I actually, the first thing coming to my mind was that what attracted me to your page was beauty, a beautiful family, a beautiful marriage, a beautiful conversation, a beautiful woman, not the thin, whatever the magazine tells us, but a woman who is filled with wisdom and discipline, you know? And so what I often think is that, you know, the call for having a beautiful family almost not just hinges because it's not, we need both. And I'll jump into that. Is hinges on a woman's capacity to be disciplined. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes, I do. I do. And it's such, such a great example for your children. I mean, if you want your children to turn out to be um, good contribution to society and they don't see you attempting to be disciplined and, uh, you know, live your life with value, then I don't think they'll pick that up either. Yeah. And I think women are women suffer when they have an undisciplined life. You yes. Know? Oh, it yes. becomes generational and I see it impact in marriages. I see it. And I I, you know, for all the, the, the women that are listening, it really is a motivation to be disciplined. And and I always think of discipline as like the death and resurrection, honestly. I, I think and we're all called to live the death and resurrection on a daily basis. It's like you die to yourself to give rise to the new version of yourself, which is a more disciplined woman. Like it's a you know, it's a lot easier to not be disciplined, right? But it, in the short term, but not really in the long term, right? Mm -hmm. So um, sort of this hot mess mama movement, I'm just saying, um, do you ever feel as though that there needs to be a shift in that movement of a lack of reverence for motherhood? And how does that make you feel? Maybe you've never really thought about it. Um especially for a woman like you, who is very intentional about the home she creates. How does that sort of movement make you feel as a woman, as a mother of 11? Well, it just makes me feel like women are ungrateful for the blessing of having children. I mean, if you have kiddos and your house is a mess and you have, you know, have to figure this all out, look at that as a blessing because not every there's people out there who wish they could have children and can't. I mean, there's just so many ways to look at it. But um, when you are getting to raise up little people that can make a difference in the world someday, that should be an honor. And if you are acting like it's an honor, then of course you're going to be a hot mess. You're going to complain. You're not going to love it. You're going to. And I, the other aspect that comes into this is selfishness. I had to think of that so much when I was talking to you. We want an easy life. We want things to go our way. And when we always have to deal with a snotty-nosed kid, it just feels like it's such a pain or something. But it, it all is just about our, our hearts, our perspective. If we can just stop and look at what I'm doing here, why I'm doing it, and have the right perspective, it becomes a completely different story. It's not about me. It's about them. 
And you will someday have an amazing life because you discipline yourself to pour into them to raise good kids. I feel spoiled, rotten today to have kids that take care of me now. Yeah. It's just the tables are turned and it was worth every hard work that I did. That's so beautiful. And I think I even see that just in, the, in your post, you know, it's the investment that you've had in them. It's inevitable that they're going to invest back in you. And at some, at some degree, your life must be inspiring to them, Brenda. And I'm sure you're, you know, you're very humble in my experience with you, but I'm sure that, um, you know, uh, your choices has allowed them to want to be inspired entrepreneurs, to want to pursue their dreams. There's something that you're doing that they're saying, I want what mom has. And, you know, when I teach women, I always say, if you want your children to love the faith you're living, then they have to love the life you're living. Yeah. Right? Because we want to teach the faith, but it's faith and outside of our marriage, outside of our home life, outside of our, you know, who we are as a woman. And so um, how do you inspire your children to live a life of excellence as a mother, especially because you have boys? What does that look like to, to them? Well, they probably don't like what it looked like so much when they were younger because they were just non-negotiables. That's just kind of how it was for me. I would tell them, here's the deal. You know, you're, this is the time you need to have your chores done by. And if they are not finished by then, here's the consequence. And when the time was up, I either gave the consequence or the reward. They could move on to the fun thing if it was done. And if it wasn't done, they got the second job or whatever the consequence was. And so they learned life has its results based on my decisions. It wasn't anything I was forcing upon them. They were moving towards these things happening in their lives based on their decisions. So I think that was part of it. The other thing is things like, um, you know, the, the routines, the choices that we made for our family, they rarely, it did it ever come up. Well, so-and-so gets to do it, or this family does it this way, because we made them proud of the fact that we're you know, um, we do it this way because our family wants to achieve good things, big things. We want to, um, we want you guys to turn out to feel like you can do anything and achieve anything and be responsible kids someday. And so we're making these decisions for you. So I think, you know, overall it was just, there were things that were just non-negotiable. They knew it. So it just wasn't even much of an issue. They learned self-discipline pretty early based on that. And um, they knew we had a vision and we're working towards that. So that's why our decisions were often what they were. You're just a model. Can I just say something? So I'm writing every skill based on this beautiful life they live in. So saying no, routine, the humility to ask for help or, you know, um, not worrying about what people think, which is a skill in itself because we live in a comparison world, being a woman of your word, um, firm boundaries, which is non-negotiable, being grateful because you said you did just having that gratitude sales skills get to sell your children on the life of excellence like i say to mothers all the time like we need sales skills like we need we need it in evangelization like we actually we're selling the greatest product <laughs> and yes. we have to sell chores and virtue to our children you know and that's kind of what you're doing and i love it because you're like no it's a non-negotiable mm -hmm. right and and then you're seeing a vision like what is that i think i have 10 skills yeah <laughs> I mean, I like a matter, uh, and I I bring it back down to that, Brenda, because sometimes to live this beautiful life of motherhood where we are raising warriors, it feels overwhelming mm -hmm. to so many young moms that are here. And I always say an overwhelmed woman simply means she's underskilled. And that's why I break it down to skill level. 
which we define in the woman's school mm -hmm. is just broken down virtues. That's what it is, you know, because I remember sitting through my uh, virtue course and my prudence, justice, I'm like, how do you let prudence, <laughs> you know? So we just kind of take this down and really it's natural law. Like our God has sort of created the infrastructure in the world where things are, you know, it, it works if we're working towards what is good, <laughs> you know? And um, so I just think this is, uh, and that's what I want to highlight here for our audience is that it is possible. If you can break it down skill, because that's what you just said. But not only is it possible, I wonder if we have a duty as mothers, which is kind of what I'm sort of saying indirectly, if we are here to redeem the next generation to a life where they're fully alive, because that's what we have. We have a culture where, I mean, the, the divorce rate, the anxiety, the depression, I mean, it's not going positive. If we are going to almost kind of this new wave of femininity, right? And I, I call it a new wave because I think it is a growth and there's so many things that we can harvest and learn. Then we actually have to focus on training how to be mothers, how to be women. And what I hear you say that's so clear to me is we. And I'm going to touch on this is you can't do it alone. And it sounds to me that you did this really with a great spouse and partnership. Talk to me about that foundation in building a home, your marriage of 31 years. Well, we often joke that we couldn't be two more opposite people. Most of our general likes and dislikes, all the little things in life, we are so opposite. But when it came to the big things, we were often very much in tune. So I'm just so thankful for that. Um, and I will not say my marriage was easy. It wasn't at all. We both had times where we just didn't know if we could still keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to make it sound like we've, it's just been roses for us. That's why it's worked. It's worked because we worked at it. When we finally decided, we looked at each other and said, why are we fighting each other? We should be fighting the enemy together. We're on the same team. Mm -hmm. That's when so much changed for us. And I say, I just, I, my heart just breaks for the families who, they just want to keep fighting because they want what they want. We're such selfish individuals by nature. And I think so. what I have seen witnessed up close with so many divorces is it really boiled down to selfishness. They weren't getting out of the marriage what they wanted, so they think leaving it is the answer. And you will never get out of it what you want if you aren't willing to fight for it and recognize there's an enemy that wants you separated and to turn around together and face that enemy and say no. You cannot separate us. We're going to be more together than we ever were before on our major decisions for our family and our future. And that's what counts, not our happiness, but our family's future. Wow. That's really profound. It's um, such a counterculture mm -hmm. um, framework than what you're, you know, it's like, I'm not getting what I want. And it's what we need, what we want. Um, if you could say one thing to our audience that are listening, what would you say is the most important skill or maybe virtue that you think as a wife is so necessary to create a beautiful family as a support for your husband, as a helpmate? What do you think would that be? 100% know what I would say to that. Gratitude. Absolute gratitude. Because we always can, every day, we have things face us that, 
don't isn't going well or that are lacking or that we wish was different. But what about all the things we forget about, we take for granted that we can be thankful for? And in my lowest time in my life, when my health was the poorest, we had severe financial stress. We were afraid we were going to lose our house. It was the lowest point. And then I found out my dad was dying of cancer, just snowball of things in a matter of about three or four years. Uh, in that time, I chose gratitude. I saw nothing else to conquer this because there were so many things not going well. I decided to focus on what was going well, all the blessings we did have. And we started practicing out loud as a family gratitude. And it changed so much. I feel like it saved me in that time. And it became a habit for a family to this day. Now that things are turned around, we are thriving. We have no financial struggles. But we are still grateful and we still practice gratitude out loud daily. That's so profound. It's so scriptural. <laughs> it's all, yes. you know, just it, it. And to be grateful when you're least, almost, mm-hmm. you know, when it's least even possibly necessary. And um, if you were to um, give a woman an advice, you know, who's a mom who wants to raise warriors, um, what would you say to her in context of our current culture that's really attacking family? I would say know your vision. Know what you want out of your family for your future. Without vision, the people perish. But along with that, don't let that overwhelm you and seem like so big. Start with one day at a time, one skill at a time, one thing at a time. Just get what good at doing a few things yeah. and do them well. And so much other stuff will fall into place. And honestly, it kind of goes hand in hand with humility. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes a lot of it, with what you're saying, what you're speaking, I'm saying to know that we haven't arrived, to know that we need help, to know that we can only do one skill. Like that's how many, sometimes we want to do all 10 of them. You know, like yes. I want to just conquer the world yesterday. Rome wasn't built in one day, but it, especially when there's such a need, you know, you look at your home, you're like, the laundry needs to be done, and routine, and I need to say no to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The humility to say, you know what, I can conquer one thing and I have to mm-hmm. fail and the other things. But yet I have a vision that one day I will conquer that one by one. Yes. The, the humility that is required to do, I would say, incremental discipline. Right. And mm-hmm. it's so counterculture because the world wants to do it fast, quick, mm-hmm. overnight. And um, and it maybe um kind of a take-home point. What was your community of, of women like with this um, that supported you? Because loneliness is an international epidemic. And one of the reason, in my opinion, theory, is that we don't know actually how to communicate. We think it's that we don't have, that's a factor. You know, we were not, we're not quite as close as we used to physically. But I do think that we don't have the levels of depth and communication skill that allow us to be nourished in a meaningful conversation quick and fast. And so what was your support system in order to create the infrastructure of warriors? And I love that warrior children. Um, I did have good community. Now I did mention saying no to a lot of things. It sounds like, oh, we were hermits because we homeschooled and we said no to doing all the activities. Um, we just said no to too many. We still did some, of course. So we definitely had, uh, have always had good friends around us, you know, mostly via church or homeschool um, connections. But I also found so many of my good friends on social media. I have to admit that is, there's blessings and curse that go with social media. But if you are seeking 
the ha, are you I'm sorry you're there for the right purpose and you're seeking to find um more more things like skills and and inspiration you'll find people and in finding people online I generally my goal is to get to know them in person eventually and it seems like we often found ways to connect and get together um in person and so that's just um another way that I found good influential women in my life who inspired me and um, motivated me to do better. It's a really practical advice. Mm-hmm. No, it really is because sometimes you, you could have even, you know, a lot of people around you, but they might not be what's best for where you are in the season of your life, which is, you know, it, it is for me, especially for those that have big families. Like for me, I don't have a lot of time and I obviously, you know, run the school. So really my conversation is, 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 it's drive by, you know, but not, but there's still a need for me to have deep, meaningful friendship. And so what I even found is actually the online role models. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm not even, you know, and as a matter of fact, we find each other online, right. And, and, mm-hmm. and you can see that, but also the role models of women that are creating those intentional infrastructure, kind of like you, I told you that from the very beginning, I'm like, right now I want to learn from you because that's what I want. I want children that are going to love being home. Like that might might not be something that you even think about, but that's what I actually was mm-hmm. able to harvest from your channel. And periodically I ask my children, Brenda, and I say, do you love home? I never had a home growing up. And I remember I tell my kids, I don't remember being tucked in, read a book or asked to brush my teeth. Um, I Everything I tell my kids, and sometimes I get choked up when I tell them, I said, everything that you have, I never tasted for myself, which is why I work really hard. You know, um, and so where was I going? And so, so much of the women right now lack that infrastructure of um, support system, skill level, um, and I think that that's the recipe for us to just sort of like this hot mess mama that gives us permission to actually become a lesser version of who we are. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, our children have no, are seeing us, you know, with no, with no drive. Um, so I guess if you, um, if you were just saying, you know, giving, I would say, um, your son's advice on how to find the right woman, maybe this, I hope they're not listening to this. What would you say to them and say, I would invite you to find this kind of woman as your helpmate as your spouse in the future? Um, well, I think first of all, you want to to find a, a girl who enjoys her family, who loves being with her family, because if she tends to not get along well with people at home and she hasn't learned that yet, she won't learn it after marriage. So that's one thing we talk about. Um, another one is just that she would have some of the same family, um, worldview and family values, obviously that he has, or you will struggle a lot, but also one who has some skills with taking care of a home and at least can you know, cook a few things. She doesn't have to know all the things, but who has some self-discipline to manage her life well. Um, when they're young, you don't expect all of that, but you have to see some of those traits or you could um, be struggling a lot with yeah. learning it later. Yeah, but discipline, I think that is something. For a woman is discipline. It makes a hard marriage. Un- undisciplined, it makes a yeah. very hard. Yes. Um, I would say marriage. Well, I just want to um, kind of, just say to the audience that 
it's hard to find uh, women who are very intentional about designing their home, which is what you did, you know, and designing home where children are, you know, you're raising a warrior, but they can go back to that infrastructure, right? Where sure it's not perfect, but there's joy and then there's warmth and there's laughter and there's struggles and there's growth, but yet they want to go back to it. You know, like I said to my son the other day, because my son's 16 and I, we were having hard conversation. I said, we, we need to have hard conversations, you know, about certain things. And I was kind of talking about something and I, and I said, I don't necessarily, I don't want to necessarily make it hard for you. And he looked at me, he goes, I want you to be hard on me, mom. Mm-hmm. This is my 16 year old son. And, you know, it dawned on me that all those years, I always say like a broken record is like a mustard seed because you're just trying to like, you know, teach them, but it is a workout, you know, to, to do it day in and day out and not see the reward that you are now reaping, but to stay with that vision in your heart and in your mind and to trust that there's a time for sowing and there's a time for reaping. And, but not only that, gosh, do we need beautiful families to light this world, Brenda? Yes. I love that you mentioned that about your son, because um, when I, you know, tell people some of the things that we've done for our family to get to where we are, one thing I always want to include is fun. We do fun together well. And that's why when we have to have the hard conversations or the hard work or something, it goes over better because we've already had fun. We do a good mix of fun things together as well as the hard things together. And I think that just brings a good balance and it's what um, makes them want to come back and enjoy home because they know there'll be some of each. So I just want to outline, if you haven't followed Brenda, you can go to her page. When I say fun, what I saw was paraglide. No, was it paraglide? <laughs> Yes. I mean, literally, I'm seeing this on social media, which is what caught my attention. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we need to do something fun like this. Like it would be so amazing to be able to provide that. And that's why I asked you, I was like, oh, you live in a farm, which obviously, you know, everybody's kind of different, but it is so true. Like laughter and joy is, it's like a glue, you know, and especially it's a glue when it's, you have to discipline that. It's like strategic. Mm-hmm. It's so... Well, I um, will come into a close here and I, there's so many more questions, honestly, because I feel like I haven't even, you know, our audience knows that we usually talk about the whole arena. <laughs> We've talked about your relationship and your friendship, but um, one last advice I would say to a woman who wants to live her faith and honor her family and her freedom. Faith, family, and freedom. What would oh, you wow. That is huge. I would say just be true to yourself. Um, Sometimes we just get hard on ourselves because we see our failures, but give yourself some grace Mm -hmm. and know that you're, you're never going to be perfect. Your family's never going to be perfect, but learn to just enjoy the journey. Um, Love who you are, who God created you to be. And know that in that you will become a more lovely person by enjoying the life that you have, making the best of it. And constantly trying to just do a little better every day. There's even tenderness and humility in that advice, Brenda. Well, well, thank you. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Brenda, where can they find you? um, Just so that they have the exact place to find you. Because I know our listeners would want to just watch your life and model for that. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, I'm Brenda 
Martin. I'm just Brenda Martin on Facebook. Um, but Instagram is where I share a lot of my family's journey and stories. It's so beautiful. You have to watch it. That's really what brought me. Beauty is irrefutable. And oh, that thank you. Saw in your family. So thank you so much, Brenda, for this time that we have together. I hope to have you again and pick this one skill that I have like 10 skills here and break it down. So thank you. And till the next time. You're welcome. There is no school that teaches us how to be a woman, how to manage our mind, our emotions, our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our careers and friendship, and all the practical skills that we need to honor every part of our life and become the woman we deeply desire to be. Women have a universal desire to live a life of meaning and contribution, and yet we are being blamed and shamed for the choices no one taught us how to make. Think about it. Doctors, teachers, nurses, and every other profession get access to training, and yet women are expected to know how to be a woman just because they're born a woman. But worst, we are valued based on our performance, perfection, position, popularity, and power we call the poisonous bee, which is why so many women quietly doubt if they're good enough. The truth is that our worth is unconditional and our value is not for sale. We are all unique and unrepeatable, and what we offer the world is irreplaceable. The Woman's School is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. It is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. My name is January Donovan, founder of The Woman's School, which is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. I'm a mom of eight and a business owner, and I truly believe that it is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. I created a foundational training on how to be a woman so that you can understand your value and your purpose for such a time in history where we are being erased. So buckle up and prepare yourself for the rise of the new woman.